Blog Talk Radio. To get a thousand miles from the Earth, a rocket would need this much power. It would take far more than a human lifetime. But a space station might look something like this. To get a thousand you are now listening to the technology KS3 Radio Show. Today's host, Kenneth Saunders III. Good Thursday morning, everyone. This is the Technologist Cares Through Radio Show. I am your host, Kenneth Saunders III. Today's topic is Throwback Thursday. And I'm going to just kind of talk to you all for the next 14 minutes about my life experience when it comes to technology. And this may give you a little insight on why I am so in passionate love with technology and being able to spread that out to everyone here that is listening. And the reason why I feel that the truth needs to be told about technology. So if you are listening, you can call into the show at 347-994-1867. The number here is 347-994-1867. Just if you don't call in, make sure that you say the number so that when I do my longer show that you can actually call in right from the very beginning. But again, I want to thank everyone that that is listening to my show right now. Um if you have a Chick-fil-A around you, crazy, right? <laughs> They're giving away free food up until 1030. That's all I got to say. But in either case, since I'm a foodie and people who know me love know that I love food. And wow. So I kind of think back about what are the things that have really made an impact on my life, um, even when it comes to technology. And one of the things that I do remember is video games. Now, of course, there's a stigma of video games that a lot of people think that it's something that's immature, it's something that only kids play or adults that have childish ways. But when I did a show last year about video games, <clears throat> it really debunked everything. Like, again, did you know that the average age of a video game player is 37? The average age of a video game buyer is 41? If you think about it, it makes sense. Because in my generation, we're the ones or the first full generation to grow up with video games. So it's natural for video games to continue to evolve and mature as we mature. And, of course, of us being buyers, well, we buy not only for ourselves, but then also for our kids. So that's the reason why everything is much older than most people think. 
But I do remember when I was back as a child and getting my first computer, which was an Atari 400. And Atari 400 was the personal computer version of the game console. It's a, it was a full, legitimate computer. That's when I started programming, too. But I discovered video games at that age because of that game system. I used to play Pac-Man, Centipede. There's a bunch of different Space Invaders, a bunch of different games. But as I grew up, my taste in video games changed. And here's the thing that I feel that is missing from video games now is that rarely you have games that actually tell a story. I I mean, a full story. So one of the games that I used to play or a series of games that I used to play were the different quest series from Sierra Online. And Sierra is a company that was founded by uh, two people, Ken and Roberta Williams. And they had such a dramatic impact on how video games were not only marketed but created. All had to do with the games themselves and how they all told a story. The genre of those video games are called adventure games. And you still have adventure games these days. And some examples of some uh, adventure games are like The Last of Us or the Uncharted series. And those are primarily story-driven, single-player-driven. I'm not a big multiplayer person at all. I'm not a multiplayer person. I'm just not. So if you're wondering what my PSN ID is, um, I mean, it's Keonitis, but still, I don't really go on there to play with other people. I like stories that are concentrated on a single-player aspect. But with the Sierra games, starting with, like, King's Quest, which is the biggest one of them, then you have Space Quest, then you had Police Quest. And Police Quest was actually one of those games that was definitely mature simply because it dealt with killing and everything else. But one of the things that helped me back then with these adventure games was that it helped me not only just with my critical thinking because you really had to think about what what the next step was. But then also taught me on how to type really fast. And because with these games, if you want to, you can move your character around with the cursor keys on the keyboard, but if you want them to do anything, you have to type out the commands. You have to say open mailbox or pick up sword. These are things that a lot of kids these days, or even a lot of people these days, take for granted with everything really being graphical and and easily accessible. But even though that the graphics were not the greatest back then, because of the story, it allowed me to use my imagination far more than what was actually been displayed on the screen. So I really appreciate the aspect of those type of games 
And there really needs to be a push for those games, type of games, to really come back, I think. And there's nothing wrong with the single-player experience. Everything doesn't have to be multiplayer. Everything doesn't have to be socialized. Because if you can capture... If you can capture a person's attention and explore their imagination through the creative art of storytelling, then you have that person hooked and wanting more. And even with the Quest series, there there are multiple versions of them. And so I really commend for Sierra really for having an impact as far as with how I view the games. Because of them, even though multiplayer was eventually introduced, I was so hooked on the multiplayer, uh, the single player experience that it really shaped the way on how I play games and what games I really pay attention to or the games that I buy. But another type of game that I actually really enjoyed back then, which actually shaped what I do now, is simulations. Now, back in the day in 1989, there was a game released by a publisher or a company, a developer (laughs) from Maxis. And Maxis was created by Will Wright. Will Wright created this simple simulation. Well, excuse me, it wasn't simple. A very complex simulator on city building. And that game was called, or was called, SimCity. So what was cool about SimCity is that you really create your own city and you work with different zones where you have your your residential, your commercial, and your industrial. And you have to create the, the streets and everything. So you can really use your imagination as far as with what kind of city that you wanted to build. And then you have the citizens of those cities called Sims. And the Sims would give you feedback because you're the mayor of the city. And what's funny about it is that you don't ever have an election. You're like this all-powerful mayor that can last for decades if you wanted to. But it was real cool because you could, you know, you had disasters, you had fires, you had Godzilla who would go through the city. And it really helped me as far as with my future when it comes to planning, city planning. And I really feel, even still to this day, that urban planners, city planners, I think it should be a requirement for them to play SimCity. That way they can get some feel in the aspect of where commercial zones need to be and how close they need to be to residentials or if you can put an industrial zone, what happens to the area, whether or not the property values will fall or or air quality, and to being able to connect to other cities so that you have other people from other cities coming to your city maybe for work or maybe to live or for recreation. And that game itself was so good. One of the most annoying aspects of it was this copy protection, though, because it, in order for you to play the game, you had to have this red sheet that had some uh, uh, numbers and 
and symbols, the symbols that you see on the on the computer screen, and you have to decode it in order to play the game. Craziness, but still, it the, that game was a lot of fun. But then also speaking of simulators, Flight Simulator was a huge, huge game for me. Not only because I always wanted to be a, a pilot, but then also an astronaut. But being able to simulate flight was just beyond my just imagination at the time as a kid. So I would spend hours and hours in front of the computer looking at, I don't know, very rudimentary, really, really horrible graphics, considering. But I thought it was great at the time. But traveling from Atlanta to Los Angeles and actually sitting there for four hours as if, and then landing at LAX and then hoping that I actually would land correctly because sometimes I would crash and I'm like, oh, I spent all these hours and I crashed and killed everybody that was in my plane. But it's a lot of those type of games are a lot of fun. And flight simulator is something that would be good to introduce to younger people. I wish Microsoft would actually create a new version of flight simulator. Now that one would be cool for multiplayer use where a person can decide to be a airplane controller or a or you know a pilot or something, something that gives a living world to the whole air, airport world or airline world. And so I'm really looking forward to hopefully some of these things coming back at some point. But that's my throwback Thursday for today. And the thing is that when, it, when I really think about just a couple of games or a cat of genres of games that haven't had an impact on my life, I look at it, I'm like, I really miss those days. Not only because of days of innocence, because you didn't have the violent games that are out these days. You had things that were a lot more innocent, in a sense, but allowed the child to be able to use their imagination. So I want to thank you for listening to this show. I hope you all have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow. Please hang up and try again.